Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Dan LaFave. Dan LaFave received life's second chance when he survived a near-death car accident that took three people's lives. He struggled through brain injuries, business failures, heartbreaks, running marathons, and daily fights with fear and doubt. He is the number one best-selling author of Live the Life of Your Dreams, how to stop working insane hours and start living an awesome life and has helped businesses grow six, seven, and eight figure revenues. Dan is known as the seven figure high performance business coach because he helps entrepreneurs establish self-managing business mindsets, automations, and systems in just a few weeks. He is passionate about helping business owners get laser focused and get into momentum so that they achieve their goals faster and easier. Dan's clients enjoy more success, peace of mind, greater mental acuity and focus, and overall a huge uptake in productivity, success, and income. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. It's great to be here, Kimberly. Thank you. Yes. So I am very excited to hear your story because it sounds like you've been through a lot of different things. So why don't you start out introducing yourself and letting us know who you are? Well, certainly. Well, I just uh, mentioned about the accident because people wonder about that. You know, when was it? You know, but uh, it was when I was young. And so um, it was a time when, you know, I, I didn't really have much going on in my life, you know, other than uh, childhood things. But I will have to say, that was the catalyst to a lot of things that changed. And I call it life second chance because yes, people did die in the accident. I mean, I, I had the full potential of perishing because I didn't have a seatbelt on. I flew through the vehicle. Um, you know, there was two people in my car that died. And so, uh, you know, it, it could have happened to me, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I had, I had a second chance there and I've had many since then, but uh, it was one of these things where it jolted me and I remember it changed me in a way that I started looking at life differently than I did before. You know, as a, you know, a child, you're just looking around thinking, you know, what do I do for fun? <laughs> What's the next entertainment? Uh, you know, and so uh, I started asking questions. I started paying attention. I was watching for my father to come home because he had a, he was an entrepreneur. My dad was a butcher, by the way. So, um, so I, you know, after that accident and then, you know, a few years later, I grew up and I ended up working in that business. So. I wasn't an entrepreneur as begin at, a, at an early age, but I worked in an entrepreneurial business and it was a retail business. So it was a meat shop, grocery shop. And, um, you know, I learned that, but, but that experience did shift things. And I was just thinking about it recently. And you know what, if that accident didn't happen, I wouldn't have gone to university and I wouldn't have met the people that I met and I wouldn't be where I am today. And so, because the money, the insurance money that came from that accident, which wasn't very much, you know, you know, a few thousand dollars, but it multiplied because of uh, interest in being invested. And uh, by the time I was 18, I was allowed to have that money and, and I could go off to university. So, mm -hmm. um, so it was a blessing, you know, there, there was something that good that came out of it. But, uh, but yes, you know, 10 years of my life in my dad's business and in, in the butcher shop, you know, working hard, lifting <laughs> a lot of meat and, <laughs> you know, but it taught me to work hard it taught me, uh, you know, endurance because I mean, there were some days where I was just exhausted and, uh, but you know, uh, because it was long days. And so, um, but anyway, all that said, I did go off to university. I'm not an academic. I will not profess to be an academic, but I'm very 
intellectual. People have mentioned that about me and I like to read, study and learn. I'm a, I consider myself a Kaizen practitioner. So I read, study and learn, a consistent, never ending learning. And so uh, anyway, so go off to university, study geography. Why? My grade 12 geography teacher was fantastic. I figured, good job. <laughs> I'd love to do that. It's fun. And uh, I could teach something I like, nature and so on. But honestly, not for me. Uh, right after university, started a painting business. Wasn't super successful. I ran into a little bit of debt at the end of it, but I, I wasn't, you know, completely broken. And that didn't uh, ruin my uh, thoughts about entrepreneurship. Um, but uh, then after that, I went um, and, and worked for a, uh, a, a financial investment company. I was doing marketing and sales. And then soon after that, my brother had started a business in wireless telecommunications construction. And uh, so I jump on board with him. I'm in my early 20s. I'm green, I don't know what to do, but thankfully I sprained my thumb and I, I'm put into the office. He tells me, get the office organized and work in the office. I start working in the office. I start doing quotes. I start organizing all the finances and, and everything. And um, we took that business to seven figures in three years. And, um, and I was in the office. Yeah, I was in the office figuring things out. Didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I remember doing uh, profit and loss statements, P&L statements for the bank. Didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> figuring it out because I'm resourceful and, you know, and, and I honestly, I remember, Kimberly, I remember making up the statements for the following year. They said, we need new statements because you still have this outstanding loan. I said, fine, fine. And I, I remember taking the statements. I'm like, what do I put in here? So without asking anybody, I just added percentages. I took the cell, added a 3% or 5% or 6%, <laughs> just made it up. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but you know what, here's the power of the mind, right? Because I put it on paper, I brought it into reality. So we went from 200,000 to 400,000 to 600,000 to over a million dollars in three years. And I was making up all the revenues the whole way. I was just projecting. Uh -huh. And um, so that's the power of our mind and our potential. And so anyway, um, but that didn't last forever because my brother, didn't see the world the way I did. And I kept asking him about ownership and he kept pushing me away and saying, you know, when the time is right or whatever, we didn't end up seeing eye to eye. And I went and got recruited. So I go to a wireless telecom company and they hired me to handle a $25 million project to project manage a $25 million project. I never, you know, they said, how, what's the size of the budget you've managed? And I said, oh, 500,000, probably not even, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but uh, so I, I go to that $25 million project, managed that for a couple of years. Uh, they were bought out by another company project and contract has ended. I then go on and do real estate negotiations for another big company. Never did that before. I'm sitting in, in boardrooms with condo board members. And if you know condo board members, especially high-end condo board members, these people are bankers and investors and very intelligent lawyers, right? And they're like, grueling me over this 30 page agreement. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I would, but I just said, I'll take this back to our lawyers and I'll come back. Right. And, <laughs> but I figured that out too. Right. And then, then I went on and I did uh, that project, that contract ended as well in a couple of years. And I went on to manage uh, a commercial portfolio for Canada's largest landlord. I'm, you know, when I say large, they have 160,000 tenants, residential tenants, but they have commercial aspects to the properties. 
And so over the years I was with them, I increased the revenues to uh, by 10 million, about $25 million by the time I was done in about seven years. And um, so I have this knack for doing things. I'm resourceful. I'm, a, I'm very efficient and effective at making changes. And uh, so anyway, but then what happens? Family happens. So we have one son and a second one on the way. And because my wife is self-employed too, I am afforded a parental leave. They, because this company is quasi-government, mm -hmm. they give me 36 weeks of vacation, almost full pay. <laughs> and so I said, yes, I didn't even know about it the first time around. I took the first time I took two weeks vacation. I worked the whole time. Uh, this time I said, I'm gone. I'll see you. <laughs> see you later. So 36 weeks. And then that was the awakening. That was my second chance. Again, I got life second chance. And I said, okay, there's something wrong here. I'm commuting three hours. I'm away from my family. And uh, so that led me on a different path. And I was trying not to go back so bad that I took vacation as soon as I came back from the leave. <laughs> and, so, so, and I'm off on vacation in Jamaica. And then I get a, a recruiter contacting me. And so I go over to this other company. They increase my you know, income over 100000 or whatever, right? You know, and that's, that's satisfactory for most people. So I go over there within three months, first time ever, probationary period hits 90 days, and they welcome me into the boardroom and they said, you're fired. First time ever. I'm, I'm always first hired, last fired. I, I, you know, I always provide tremendous value. I'm outgoing, I perform. Uh, so anyway, so I started, I, you know, I remember that day I said, I called my wife, I said, just got let go. I'm going to Costco, pick up a couple things. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and it was like two children, right? Newborn and no income from either of us. And, but I'm, I'm good with money. So I saved, right? I had all sorts of savings. And so uh, I, do, I, I started some soul searching. And uh, a friend of mine is a therapist. And I said to her, Anne, what do I do? And she says, well, what do you want? And I said, well, number one, I want to be inspired. Number two, I want to be with my family as much as I can be. And she said, well, pray for that. I said, okay, fine. I can do that. I did. Next day, the phone rings. And it's Ken Graham, my friend Jamie's father. And he starts talking to me, to me about his business and how it's growing and this new product. And, and I... I remember standing there thinking, Ken, <laughs> you sent me Ken. <laughs> so, so, well, because I knew Ken and I knew his business and I tried, you know, working with him a little, you know, probably 10 years before. So anyway, all I could do was say yes. So that was a trigger. I started saying yes. I just said, yes, Ken, sounds great. I'm there. Six months into it. And it's multi-level marketing, not my thing, but so six months into it, I'm going to Salt Lake City. And I'm going to, uh, to an event there. But here's what happened in between. A friend of mine who owns a big real estate company with thousands of agents all over the US gives me a little booklet called The Ten Scrolls by Ogmandino. Do you know, do you know Ogmandino? Yeah. yeah. So gives me The Ten Scrolls. So guess what? I'm reading those scrolls three times every, every day for 90 days. Because those scrolls have little phrases embed, embedded. If you've read it, you, you know them. I'll greet this day with love in my heart. I'll multiply my value a hundredfold. These little phrases that, you know, program your mind for success. So guess what? I decide to look up Ogmandino. I find out he's not even with us, but I find Dave Blanchard. Dave's promoting a new book. He says, get 10 of my books. I'll give you eight weeks of coaching. I think that's fantastic. $200 and I get eight weeks of coaching. <laughs> give me the books. Unbelievable. So I get the books and then I'm like, okay, fine. Where is Dave? Guess what? 
Salt Lake City. He's in Bountiful, Utah. I, I message him. I'm thinking maybe this guy will meet me for coffee. And then what does he writes me back and he says, when do you fly out? I won't fly out Sunday morning. He says, come and stay at my house. I'm like, well, there's a little problem. I have a friend flying in from Minnesota to meet with us. And he says, bring him. <laughs> so we go to Dave's house. We have a beautiful dinner. He serves us. He treats us like VIPs. We go into his movie room. He shows us The Peaceful Warrior, if you've heard of that movie. Awesome. Yeah. So The Peaceful peaceful warrior. And um, at the end of the day, because I'm inquisitive and I'll ask anybody anything, I said, Dave, show me your office where you do your videos and you, you know, kind of work your magic. He does. And we talk for a few minutes and 15, 20 minutes. And he says, you know, Dan, I think you'd make a good coach. And that was the catalyst. That was the first instance of me considering being a coach. I'm like, well, what is that? Right. And we didn't have time to talk. Uh, but I came home and long story short, a friend of mine was studying Bob Proctor stuff. She connected me with his work. I bought all of his programs. I invested about $10,000 or so, and I bought all of them because I wanted to learn. And then she says, why don't you talk to his team, his sales team about coaching? I said, sure, have nothing to lose. I'm on the phone with his sales team. And within a few, you know, 20, 30 minutes, he says, let's get Bob on the phone. I'm like, okay, I don't know, Bob. So <laughs> sure, uh, you know, why not? That night... I remember I went off to an event, you know, the, the business I was doing and I go off to the event and then I got on the phone with Bob and he presented me his whole idea of becoming a coach and the, the benefits and, and I could, you know what, I could feel it in my heart. I could feel it in my bones. I could feel it resonating through me. This is my calling. I needed to do, I love teaching. And I was reading, I was already reading Wayne Dyer and Deepak Trope and all these, and all these people. And I was studying it and teaching little bits to the people that I work with, my staff and, and so on. But I wasn't teaching it, you know, like I am today. So that was, that was, you know, the starting point. And then after that studied with Bob for a few years, went wherever he went, went to all of his events, sold his programs. Uh, I flew everywhere. I, I studied all these great coaches, Christian Michelson, Lisa Sasevich, Jeff Walker. I, I just, I consumed, I was like, a, a, you know, a, a human consumption. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I flew everywhere and took all these events in and, and just, you know, I met great people. I met Reed Tracy, uh, CEO of Hay House and all these great people. And so uh, I just kept stepping forward. And then after that, I met somebody who co-authored a book and I asked her how she did it. She introduced me to the publisher. And then I have a book out there with Deepak Chopra, Jack Canfield and Dennis Waitley. And then I wrote my own book. And since then I've created my own courses and programs and uh, I'm online everywhere. And uh, anyway, my, my passion is for teaching and transforming people and, and especially people that want to scale their business. So I know that was a bit of a long story, but it, it's, it's a journey of saying yes. And I'm still saying yes. Yes. And it, it really served you to say yes. And Absolutely. it's so hard for people to say yes sometimes. Mm. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, I, I work with clients that say yes to a lot of things when they should be saying no, but you know, they, there's things that they should be saying yes to that they don't because it's going to cost them or cost them time, energy or money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm the type of person, like I've run marathons. Well, you invest a weekly, you know, ritual of running and cross training and diet and, you know, eight months of that. And then you go and run the race and, you know, hopefully you run the race. I sprained my ankle one time and I, I went and watched the race. My wife ran and I watched. <laughs> wow. So how do we decide which things to say yes to and which things to say no to? Well, um, I kind of, I have a methodology now, but then 
it was more of a gut feel. It was, it was like, you know, yes, this is going to, Bob's going to cost me $20,000 to get certified. You know, is this a good idea? Uh, and then I, I, I start, you know, soul searching. Uh, I often ask myself questions to see what I feel and even see what comes up subconsciously. Like if, you know, if I want to know something, I usually ask myself questions and overnight things percolate and marinate. And next day I wake up with an inspiration or I look for evidence or nudges that say, come this way, do this. You know, when Bob said to me, get certified and then come over to my house in a little while and, and I'll help you get your business started. I was like, okay, well, this guy sounds like a genius. So I, and, and we did go to his house. He's 45 minutes away. We sat down, we had an hour appointment, but he gave us three. And uh, so it was pretty amazing. Talk about well, over delivering. <laughs> well, you know, and, but you know what, it rubs off. I, I have this habit now too, where I, I just, you know, I love to just transform minds and I'll give resources and solutions, but, uh, but ultimately you asked the question about saying yes. And so, you know, um, now my, my methodology is more of, you know, is, is this, is this motivational? Does it feel deep? Can I feel it deep inside of me? Um, I also ask myself, is it going to do any harm against anybody else? No. Um, you know, and it's going to move me forward. Yes or no. Right. And then if I get three yeses and, you know, and then is it going to do any harm? No. Then I just say yes. And, and I move ahead and it, it hasn't failed me. I mean, I've, you know, I never would have pictured investing $25,000 in a mastermind, but I have. <laughs> and, so, so, and uh, you know, there's, there's so much value out of that now because I take what I learned there and I teach my clients. And so it was, you know, an investment that's going to multiply in value over the years. So, um, uh, you know, the toughest times to say yes is when, especially when it costs, costs money or time or energy. And um, I think what you have to realize is, you know, um, is this a good fit? Does it feel right? See how you feel because feelings don't lie. Um, you know, um, if, if our if our thoughts are fear and so on, the yeah, well, guess what? We're going to feel that and we're going to feel fear and, and not move ahead. But uh, but when it feels, you know, like oh, you know what, this individual or this this system looks like it's super valuable and I think it could work. Um, and usually they they have guarantees built in. Um, so you know, the only risk is you know, do I get nothing out of it? I get nothing out of it. I'll tell them and then I'll get a refund. But I've, I've never paid for something and got a refund. I always get value. So, um, but you know, anyway, I think, I think it's, it's, it's about risk and I've been able to take risks in my life and I'm okay taking risks. You sure do. <laughs> from your story, you definitely take risks <laughs> from the beginning, filling in those numbers for the bank. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Here, we're going to increase 6%. They're probably sitting over there like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right. But listen, I had, a manager that one time, CFO, he increased, he put 6% increase in revenue on, I don't know how many millions and didn't even tell me until the year end. And I'm like, you crazy Gordon? Like, what if we didn't beat this? Right? Like, I know I beat it, but how did you even know I would even beat it? Right? Like, but, but you know, anyway. Um, Pretty exciting. And as you were talking about, you know, one of the questions is, does it move me ahead? I thought you have to know where you're going to know where ahead is. So when you're working with clients, do you do anything as far as helping them get clarity on actually where they want to go? Absolutely. Um, you know what, there's, there's a methodology beginning with the end in mind. Um, you know, so I subscribe to that and I've gone to the, I think we have to go to the ultimate end. So I've written a book, which is really just about 
designing your life in reverse. And so, and it's really, it's, it's a booklet. In fact, it's just, you know, you, I could have probably put it into PDFs or something, but you know, I decided to write it in a book format, but it, it's really designing your life from the end backwards. So I asked people to think about, you know, from their death backwards, how do they want to be remembered? And so uh, not only that, how do they want to be remembered, but do they have a value system? And if they don't, I say, well, you can use mine. Mine is faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances in that order. And then they're like, in that order, yes, yeah. Finances is at the end. It's the caboose. It's not the engine, right? <laughs> so, so I'm like, oh, and they're like, well, yeah, but I'm chasing money right now in my life. Well, you know, for, for now. But, you know, so value system. And work from the end backwards. How do you want to be remembered by your family, your friends, your colleagues, clients, if you have a business, the closest people in your life? Because once you craft that, guess what? That's a framework. And then I tell them to do what I do, which is every day I make deposits by writing in my journal what I did in each of those categories. If I did nothing, then I write nothing. But if I did something, I'm making deposits. Guess what? At the end of the week, I can see all the deposits I made. At the end of the month, I can see all the deposits. At the end of the quarter, the year, I can see all the incremental deposits. And I can see the evidence. See, I'm, I'm creating evidence for the thing that I want because I'm focusing my attention on it. But if I'm not, if I just write it down, which in 1999, I had a life plan and I have it, but guess what? I filed it away and I didn't look at it. A few things happened, but because I didn't give an attention and focus, hardly any of the things happen. Now I know differently. So reverse engineer our lives from the end backwards. How, how do we want to be remembered? What, pe what people are saying after I'm gone, you know, what are they going to say? And then based on my faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances, my priority uh, system, and then making deposits all the time. So I, I get my clients to do that because that's, that's the biggest picture possible. You can't, I mean, you know, unless you're going beyond death, right? So that, that's the biggest. And then we take that, break it down to something that's tangible for their business. So 10 year, three year, one year, and then we take that one year and they have to decide what's the biggest outcome they could have in that year, break that down into 12 weeks. And then we build tactics and actions around that and measure performance on a weekly basis, look for breakdowns. So it's, yeah, it's a complete system all the way from death right until now. So, um, you know, there's complete. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no loopholes. There's no, there's no missing links, right? You, you know, so, um, so that's a good way to start your day or end your day. Um, during the day, mm -hmm. there are so many distractions. I mean, you can easily just get pulled away by looking at your email too much or, or social media or other things. So how do you coach people to actually stay focused as they're getting their tasks done, as they're going for those goals? Well, it's pretty challenging, and especially right now, very challenging because there's so much to distract us. I mean, there's edible entertainment, you know, the ones in the pantry and the fridge, right? <laughs> and then, and then, then there's all this social networks and and dings and pings and sounds. So I'll tell you what I've done and which I and what I teach. So first things first, we have to work with things that we can control, which is notifications. So any notifications that aren't critical, shut them off. So right now, if anything came through on my phone, they could only get me by a phone call or text message. Everything else is silent. 
and and doesn't even pop up. I didn't I'd get nothing. So I've shut it all off. And then I've also, and again, I teach this to my clients that they only check those at certain times of the day. Mm-hmm. So perhaps 11.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Twice a day, that's it. They have to, I mean, it has to, there has to be training. They have to, they have to be domesticated, but if they can handle it, right, then, you know, twice a day. And also their voice message should say something like this. Hi, you reached Dan, you've got my voice message. And by the way, if it's not around 11.30 a.m. or 4.30 p.m., I'll be checking messages then. But if this is critical, text me right now. And guess what? They have to decide, is this mission critical? <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like I message the guy. <laughs> yeah, do I message him, or is this gonna, is this gonna be bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, um, so that's that's shutting off stuff. That's stuff we control, and that that's all we can do is work on things we can control. Um, you know, if there's boundaries we need to create within our environment, you know, I, I was, you know, I have homeschooled children here, three of them, three boys. Mm-hmm. They can come in and disturb me anytime, but they don't. Why? Boundaries very clear set boundaries. This is how we operate together. And this is what I'm doing so that you can have all the fun and do all the things and get all the toys and, and enjoy the vacations that you want. Oh, okay. We're good with that. We'll leave you alone. <laughs> so, so, you know, it has to, you know, it's always, everybody's dialed into the same radio station, right? W I I F M what's in it for me. Right. So, so I have to make it something for them. So boundaries with family, boundaries with my colleagues, boundaries with my team, everybody, there, ha- there has to be clear set boundaries and guidelines in terms of how we communicate and operate. Uh, and then the other thing that I do, which is I was talking about earlier, that 12 week plan, that 12 week plan is like the, is the standard for their life. It's their calendar. So every week they're building a calendar, they're blocking off time in their calendar and so if they don't get the things done, they can't check them off and they can't come back to me or report back to me or my team and, and get on a call and say, I did or didn't. If they didn't do the things, it's like, okay, well, what broke down? And then they have to, they have to you know, that's, that's their vulnerability coming up and nobody wants to be vulnerable, right? They're like, I did the thing, I got it done, <laughs> right? Everybody wants to get it done. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, you know, for me, in university, you give me assignment, fine. If I had to stay up all night, which I did many nights, I finished the assignment. There's no way I would show up to class without that assignment. And so I would stay up all night, print the thing off and, and be done. So that's how I think most people think. They, they don't want to leave things undone. They don't want to feel like they're you know, weak. So they will do it. So we build, the system is built so that we're looking for breakdowns. So they have to build in their tactics, which are the actions they control, nothing out of their control. Because as soon as they say, oh, so-and-so didn't show up. Well, or they didn't, they didn't join the call. Well, okay, what do you control? Scheduling it, not having it. Good. Well, get it scheduled and put that on your tactics as you know, an action, and then you can check it off. Otherwise, you know, so they try to get around things by doing, you know, scheduling or doing things that other people control. So, so anyway, this, this is a, a spreadsheet, and it has everything from their, career, their business their relationships and their health. And so you need all three. Those are the three pillars in life. If they're missing one, it's going to fall off. It will fall off at some point. So we build those things in. So they're not just doing business, business, business and burning the midnight oil and burning out. They're doing a bit of each. And that way there's not a complete balance. Usually there's an intentional imbalance. I notice 
people who do really well in business one week do less well on their relationships and their health and vice versa. They spend time in their relationships and health. I keep them all spinning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so what, what do you do if you have a client that they're consistently, they're getting stuff done, but they're consistently having to do that overnight thing. In other words, they just have too much on their plate or it's just overwhelming for them to get all that stuff done. Well, I, I deal with that actually up front. So I seek to remove things that are time sucking and energy sucking right out of the gate. Most times they say, you know, let's just get started. I'm like, okay, well, we need to find you some time and space. And what do you mean? I said, well, we're going to work on your business. And right now you probably don't have time for that. You're probably working in your business and doing all sorts of stuff that is in that's not valuable. So very common with business owners. <laughs> yes. So first things first. And honestly, this is, it's crazy. Sometimes we find 10 hours, like within a week or two that they can cut out and, and then they have an even hard time letting go of it. I'm like, well, wait a second. That, that line of business for you is 10% of your revenue and it's costing you a lot of frustration and 10 to 15 hours a week. Yes. I'm like, well, let's cut it off. <laughs> off your website, out of a, you know, nobody gets this anymore, right? And I don't tell them. I usually, you know, work with them. But I literally, I, I'm almost saying, okay, let's let's extract this thing, right? It's like a rotten tooth. Like, you know, take it out. So, you know, so what do we do? Uh, we stop that right away. And they're just like, holy cow, I just got back 10 hours. And I keep, the, they start tracking the hours they're getting back. And then what I do, if they're open to it, is, once we take back hour, we get back hours, I go down to minutes. If they want to go down to the minute, we go down to seconds. I'm oh like, how do you Neither brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah. How do you brush your teeth? Right? Oh, like this. And I'm like, okay, let's tune that in. <laughs> They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, let's have everything ready for the next morning. How do you work out? Oh, well, I go in my closet, get my clothes and I no, no, no. Okay. Do you have a bathroom? Yeah. You have hooks in there. You have shoes in the closet and on the basement. Let's, let's, it's, it's, setting up conditions so there's no excuses. So I have this routine now, my cycling gear, I have a, a spin bike, my cycling gear is all ready, my shoes downstairs, I get up in the morning, all that goes on, I go out the door, oh, actually I have a huge bottle of water, out the door, 20 minute walk, back home on the bike, do breath work, yoga, and then upstairs, and all that's done within an hour or so, and, but it's, it's conditioned, right? So, so for folks that, you know, have problems managing and they they're you know going all over the place and they're working all night it's because they're probably wasting their time on stuff that's not valuable and they don't realize it they just think i have to keep doing this because i committed to it or you know i can do it but it's frustrating um you know or even one client i said you know where, where are you devoting time that you don't need to watching tv how many hours two a day two hours a day i'm like oh. <laughs> i'm seven <laughs> right it's 14 hours right off the top, right? Like just take it off. So, uh, and that's, that's something I don't do. I don't watch TV. I'm always reading, studying and learning, um, you know, and, uh, you know, but the, but the thing is if we manage our calendar, that's the key because the calendar, guess what? Those tactics I was telling you about in that 12 week plan, mm -hmm. they're time specific. If it says contact 10 people at 10 AM and you decide to do it at 11, that's not a check mark. That's not a completed item. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's strict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did it. Did you do it at the time? Tell the truth. Lie detector test right here, right? And then it's like, no, I did it later. Well, 
not a completed tactic. Why? In your calendar, specific time, you do those things. You chunk them out, put them down, get them done, check them off. It's, it's a retraining of the mind. Student, you know, children aren't taught. I wasn't taught to focus. I was told to face front and pay attention and concentrate, but not shown how, <laughs> right? And so, so we don't know how to focus and our parents didn't know how to focus. So they didn't teach us. So how do we learn? You know, so, you know, you can learn different ways. I mean, if like you did, if you did things like I did, like, you know, uh, I, I, um, I did marathons and I did all sorts of things that required a lot of endurance and focus and uh, repetition, then, uh, you know, um, then you can do it, you know, and here's the thing before I met Bob, I didn't do all the things I'm talking to you about, but now eight years later, I have been reading one book a year, typically reading the same chapter every day for 30 days in a mastermind with Mark and my partner's reading partner is Mark. We read the same chapter every day. We just take turns starting and we break it down into two pages at a time. And we study a book. We immerse ourselves in a book and we've only gone through probably six to eight books now, but that's how we study books, like total discipline focus every single day at a certain time we get on a call and read. And, and that was something Bob taught me. So I've learned, I have a PhD different from yours, but it's pig headed discipline and determination and anybody can have it. I didn't have it early on. And, you know, I was late for everything. My parents got me late to hockey games and all sorts of stuff. And I learned that, but now I've learned the art of pig headed discipline and determination, get things done and anybody can learn it. And as long as they just realize, you know, this is the outcomes I'm going to get from this, you know, exhaustion, staying up all night <laughs> or, uh, or getting things done and checking them off and coming to the, to the accountability meeting and say, I did it. I got it done. You know, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, feel bad. Right. So. Yeah. So how do you put in those times of rest or times when you do need to be able to just chill and, you know, for some people it would be play a video game or something. That's not what I would want to do, but you know, I'd rather read a book or sit by the pool, but how do you put those pieces in there? Cause you're slicing and dicing, you're getting all the time you can, but you need those times. Cause I, I, I know that when I go, 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 and I tend to be kind of a workaholic, all of a sudden I crash and burn, you know, I go for weeks and then I just crash and burn and it's not helpful. It would have been better if I would have put some rest in between. Absolutely. And, and so there's different systems out of there, out there. I've heard one that's 60, 60, 30, 60 minutes of focus, small break, you know, five or 10 minute break, another 60 minutes of focus, and then the 30 minute completely unplugged. So uh, everybody's different, but I would say that at least every hour, an hour and a half, take a five to 10 minute break. And it could be doing something, but I recommend doing nothing if possible. And I find the greatest way is to go someplace dark. So I have a walk-in closet. I can go in there. So that's a great place. I can lay down in there. It's nice and big. So, you know, that's great. Or I just can cover my eyes, but, or other times I think it's good just to, you know, I, I like to, you know, synchronize my heart with my mind. So I've just, I, I put my hand over my heart and say, we're just listening to the heart, <laughs> you know, and just, you know, and get into a calming state because if we're wired and I know what you're talking about, when you get motivated, you're just like going, 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 going. And then suddenly you're like, whoa, you know, the big crash comes. I could hit the pause button. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on here. You can't pause. I'm like, but I am. <laughs> so, yeah. 
but uh, like going and going and then it's like the battery's dead dead and you just you just like i mean i'll get in bed and i'm gone checked out yeah <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> so so here, here's a suggestion and uh and i've been able to incorporate this pretty easily so uh, i intermittent fast so i don't even need to eat lunch so my lunch break is a meditation and a walk in nature and so those are breaks that are built into my day. They are not to be broken. Nobody can break them. I don't let anybody break them. Those are appointments with myself. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so those are scheduled in, fixed, but also I have buffer breaks as they're called. So I have them in between where I'm doing focus time on certain things and then I'll take little breaks in between. And you know, sometimes it's just in my office and I'll just lay on the floor or something like that and just relax for a little bit. But, um, but we, need, we need little pauses because otherwise what happens is we end up wearing down our willpower, which starts off like this big at the beginning of the day. And then as it goes on, wears down, 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 down. And if we're down to this and we're still going strong, guess what? We're getting like you know, probably 20% of the benefit of those efforts and it's, it's pointless. So we might as well take the break and then come back. That's why when we come back from vacation, we're like on fire. We're like ready to go, right? We can, we can do so much because- Ready to go back to work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've rejuvenated and our batteries uh, you know, re-energized re and, and ready to go. So we need to build those in. And, it, and again, it takes domesticating ourselves. It takes a little practice. Build them in. If, we put it, if you put it in the 12-week plan, guess what? <laughs> Did you take those breaks? <laughs> Couple. <laughs> right? The first few weeks, difficult. The next few after that, a little easier. And then it gets easier and easier and easier. And then after a while, people realize I can take the breaks. I'm taking the breaks and I'm feeling good. I'm performing at a high level because high performers don't go full out all day, every day, drinking Red Bull and coffee and, and eating chocolate bars. <laughs> right? <laughs> they don't. They don't. They, they have pauses. They have breaks. I have a friend in Brazil uh, he has, he's a multi-million dollar company. And one time I asked him, I said, uh, what do you do? How does your day work? How does it go? Right. And he said, first three hours I come in 9am focus. He didn't tell me about breaks, but he's just focus, mm -hmm. focus on certain projects and items. And then I take two hours off. I go to CrossFit, have lunch, come back three hours, more focus and boom, gone home six hours. That's it. But mm -hmm. six hours of dedicated focus broken in two. And that's his method and works for him. Uh, you know, he, he's doing little sprints. So, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's different. So I'm not going to say everybody do what I do. Find your rhythm, do some research, find out what systems are there. 60, 60, 30 might work for you. If it doesn't, then, you know, fine. Do uh, 90, 90, 30 or whatever, but something where there's a rhythm and a pattern to it and that you can manage. And then, uh, you know, that way it doesn't become this burn right to the end and, and exhaustion, you know, it's like, I remember in corporate, I used to look up at my clock and I'd be like, oh my God, the day, what, what happened? You know, I just, I just got here, right? Nope, done, we're finished, right? And it was like a big blur and, uh, you know, so it has to, but, but also I think the focus has to be very specific. So certain days, certain projects, certain outcomes, it can't be, you know, everything all over the map. It has to be, you know, uh, and, and by the way, best to program things that are most difficult and the most important early in the week, early in the day, get them done, eat the big frog first. If we don't guess what? End of the week comes, Oh my God, I didn't do this thing. Can't check it off. Got to show up to the valid, you know, to the accountability call. <laughs> I'm going to call in sick. <laughs>
That right. makes total sense to me. Just get those things out of the way. I mean, yeah. It's the same thing, you know, I eat the vegetables first so I can get to the dessert later. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to get those things out of the way so I can enjoy the smaller, you know, smaller pleasures. So that's right. But um, just to get a little personal, what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? Well, I'll talk about family first because, you know, that's one of my biggest priorities. So um, I have three boys and, you know, they're my pride and joy because I am able to do for them what my parents didn't know how to do for me. So for eight years, no, probably nine, almost nine now, um, I've been programming their minds for, for success and, and a happy life and a full and happy life. And it's nightly. Tonight, we'll do it. We do it every single night. So they tell me what they're grateful for. And then we do affirmations. And I say them, they repeat them back. At this stage, my 12-year-old, soon to be 13, and my 10-year-old, and even actually even the 7-year-old now, they can state the same affirmations. So guess what? Words have been plugged in. Mm -hmm. And they want, it's things like this. I love to read, study, and learn. Mm -hmm. I have a positive mental attitude. I, you know, all the, these different little phrases, I'm a do it now person, you know, like uh, all these little things, the, this is programming for them for success. And I, I get to do that with them because their minds well, was wide open up until age seven. That's usually the, the period of time. The reasoning faculty doesn't close off until then. So I get to do that with them. And, uh, and I get to do many other things with them. So they don't do like their friends do, watching all sorts of television and everything. They watch, I, I say to them, you know, hey, you want to talk to me about things? Watch something educational on YouTube, and then you can talk with me about it. Otherwise, you have nothing to talk with me about. Right. And they're like, oh, okay. So they go find programs, Bright Side, Oversimplified, all these little shows where they can learn and talk to me about. And it's great. So we have this wonderful interaction. On the business side, so it's the same thing, uh, I think for family and business on the, on the business side, I get to transform people and that gives me so much pride. Like I bend over backwards to give people resources and provide solutions. I am not a problem solver. I'm a solution finder. And I, I swear if anybody gives me a challenge, I'll say, I I'll solve it. I'll solve it. <laughs> I will solve it. I know I can. I'm very intuitive. So whenever I'm talking with people, I can catch the little nuances and, and I, I usually catch something that tells me which path to go on. And then I, I ask questions and, and uh, help them. Uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm a Kaizen practitioner, read, study, and learn. Uh, I, I have so much information and resources at my fingertips that it's, you know, one of my friends said, so much wisdom needs an outlet. And I was like, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, that's, that's, that's thing. That's my thing. I love to provide wisdom and, and, you know, opportunities for appreciation and, uh, and solutions and people come to me and get them all the time. And usually they're surprised. They're like, what, what? <laughs> this is crazy. Right. Where did like, that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Alice, this woman, Alice, she was working 12 hours a day, six days a week last year. She went down to three hours. We helped her set up a team and then she had a baby and now she's off at home. And, uh, and that would have never happened. <laughs> Never would have happened. She would have continued the 12, 12 hours a day. And, and uh, you know, had I not, you know, had we not met and, and worked together, but um, you know, that's the transformation and they will never forget that. I mean, think about it. 
She now has a self-managing business. She's, she's setting up her, you know, her cave, as she would call it, you know, this space where she can do creative work and so on. And her team's managing all the technical stuff and managing clients and customers and so on. And, uh, uh, you know, and she's, she's doing what she loves and building a family at the same time. And so just amazing outcome. That is amazing. Yeah. So um, I would like for people to be able to, you know, find you, work with you. So at this point, if you can kind of just summarize where they can get your book, your website, any courses, coaching, just summarize that for us so we know what's available from you. Sure, sure. Well, the, um, you know, I'm, I'm all over the internet, but I really devote a lot of time and attention to LinkedIn um, because that's where business folks are and that's who I'm looking for. And by the way, I'm very specific who I look for. I actually look for uh, people that are born certain months because they're very, very active. So, and proactive. So Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo, especially uh, females, <laughs> very easy to work with. So they're so action oriented. <laughs> so you might be one. <laughs> so, Sagittarius. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. I don't have to push you. You're like, I'm going to get it done. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, but you know, so they can find me on LinkedIn. I am on the internet. I, I'm rebranding though at this point. So I would direct people to my book though. Uh, and the book is living life for your dreams. If they want to grab it on Amazon, they can. It's on Amazon in multiple countries. I think if they don't like Amazon, go to Apple. If they don't like that, Barnes and Noble, it's, it's pretty much on every source you can find. Um, but, but it's, it's there. Uh, if they want to use my link, uh, I believe it's danlefave.com, uh, living life for your dreams. Um, uh, so, uh, or life of their dreams, but I'll, I'll include the link and, and you can share that with them. But, uh, uh, you know, wherever they want to grab it, if they want the hard copy, definitely Amazon and those sources are best. If they want a, a PDF, they can grab it there. Um, but, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, they're going to have to do that work, which I talked about earlier, crafting their life from the end backwards and, and then doing the work. The, the, the work is the hard part, right? I mean, it's like, Hey, I can sign up for a marathon, the training. Yes. <laughs> Train. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get out there every day. Go, you know, and where I am, it snows, right? And we were out there in blizzards, you know. We had to step off the road to let the plow go by and then get back on. <laughs> you know? But that's the commitment, right? I mean, if you commit, so so for for folks who are committed, this book is for you. If you can commit and do the work and you want to craft your life and you want to be able to look back, because here's the thing. Steve uh, Steve Jobs said this. We can always connect the dots looking backwards. I'm helping you connect and create the dots so that one day you can look back upon the dots and, and connect them all. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So design the dots and then and you can look back on them because yes, as we were young, we look forward, forward, future, 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 future. You know, I got to work hard. One day we get old, you know, older and we're like, Oh, we start looking back and remembering if we can't look back in, you know, in fond, on fond memories and without regret, yeah. Then what, 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 what's our, you know, elderly years going to be like, it's going to be looking back, Oh, how can I make this better? And then we, you know, you know, whatever we, we do all sorts of crazy, crazy things trying to make it better. And uh, it's not the same. Do it now, do it now while you can. That's the better thing. <laughs> so. Yes, for sure. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And um, I've picked up a lot of things I want to start implementing one by one here because you, you went over a lot. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's just, 
Yeah, this stuff just comes pouring out once you know it well. So, but I, I thank you. And if anybody's listening here, you know, if you've heard something here, just take one or two things away. Don't try to take it all. I know there's a ton of resources and ideas here, but just pick one or two things and just get to work on it. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not valuable to try and do everything. Just, you know, it, it'll become too, too much. So one thing, do it and get it going. All right. So I have one last question before we complete today. Um, what is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Best advice. Um, well, I, I think, you know, based on the theme that I've been talking about here, which is, you know, pigheaded discipline and determination is once you see something and like it and know you want it, commit to it. There's no better way to move through something than to commit to it and get it going and get it done. Because uh, once you commit, then that's your word. That's your honor, right? And once you commit to it, it sends a signal to our reticular activating system. If we start asking questions, right, and it, it triggers that problem-solving mechanisms. Like, how are we going to do that? How are we going to make $10 million in five years? Well, <laughs> let's, let's figure that out, right? What resources? So commit. I, I think commitment is the critical thing that folks need to realize that's going to get them started if they can just draw a line in the sand and say, you know, hey, I want this. And also, besides commitment, determine what their key motivator is. If they know what that key motivator is, it's usually heartfelt. You know, it has to pull on the heartstrings. Once they know that, then they can move towards it. If it doesn't have that kind of draw, you know, to them, if it doesn't pull them forward, they're not going to do it. It has, it has to have, you know, I say key motivator, we call it, uh, you know, it could be uh, um, uh, something that we're passionate about or something um, that uh, our why, you know, so, but it's, it's got to be something that really is heartfelt, that is emotional, and that we know when we get it, it's like, hey, you know what, if I just do that thing with my child, and get that done, you know, as a result of this, I go on that beautiful vacation, take them, and they're going to love me to death. I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna love that for the rest of my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a, a videographer, we're gonna take <laughs> loads of film. <laughs> right. So, Something like that, right? Uh, really emotional. All right, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Dan. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Kimberly.